This episode is brought to you by The Prepared Company. The Prepared Company helps wills and estates lawyers by providing a secure, white-label platform to manage and distribute your clients' digital records after they pass away. Passwords, cryptocurrency, photos, legal documents and more, you can now provide a safe and secure way to pass your clients' data while also protecting their privacy. Bring your estate's business into the 21st century with The Prepared Company. Mention the Doing Law Differently podcast for 20% off your business subscription. You're listening to Doing Law Differently. Join me, Lucy Dickens, as I explore how the world's most progressive legal service providers are doing law differently. Hello, welcome back. You're listening to the Doing Law Differently podcast. And in today's episode, I'm joined by Jackie Broman, Director of TBA Law and Legally Wise Women. As well as being the CEO of Legally Wise Women, Jackie created her firm TBA Law in 2012. They provide legal services to families in Melbourne and regional Victoria with a focus on estate planning, family law and property. Jackie is an accredited specialist in wills and estates, an award-winning lawyer, an NMAS mediator, a collaboratively trained dispute resolution practitioner, and she has written and published four books. Now, despite all that, our conversation really focuses on the business of law type topics as opposed to the practice of law. And if you've read my book, It's Time to Do Law Differently, you'll know exactly what I mean by that distinction. I really enjoyed this conversation with Jackie. We talk not just about what she's doing in her business, but really spend a lot of time looking at why she does things the way that she does. And as you'll hear, Jackie has spent a lot of time thinking about the future of the legal profession and how she can adapt her business to remain relevant and really at the forefront of any change. Some of the themes that come up include the importance of humanity, a focus on prevention rather than cure, technology, workflow, and of course, marketing all have a role to play here too. One of the things Jackie mentions has helped her on her business journey is coaching, both in terms of being held accountable and also having someone to bounce ideas off of and really to act as a sounding board. That is one of the most common pieces of feedback I get from the clients who I work with in the coaching that I provide, that just having someone to talk to and to share and bounce ideas off to use as a sounding board, really makes a difference for them in taking their business to the next level. I've used coaching personally and have found it to be an amazing investment, both in terms of personal growth and also for our business. If you're looking for coaching or if it's something that you'd like to try and see what difference it can make for you in terms of bringing your ideas around doing law differently to life, and if you think I can help, then get in touch. I'd love to have a chat and see if we could be a good match. You can find out more at my website or just get in touch with me, send me an email or message me on LinkedIn. Now, though, I have no doubt that you'll enjoy this interview. As I mentioned, there's a real focus on the business aspect of running a law firm, which is something I really enjoy talking about. Let's hit play. Here's Jackie Broman of TBA Law and Legally Wise Women on the Doing Law Differently podcast, brought to you by The Prepared Company. Hello, Jackie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for having me. I'm very pleased to have you. And I'm even more pleased to have you now that you've told me that it was a goal of yours to come join me on this podcast. So that feels extra special to me that you're here with me now. Very much. A long time listener. And yes, you're on my wish list. So here I am. Here we go. Beating all those goals. (laughs) 
Awesome. Now, as is often the case with people who I'm lucky to meet here, there's lots of things that we could talk about, about you and about your businesses. And I thought, where are we going to start? Where are we going to start? And if it's okay with you, I decided I'd like to start with Legally Wise Women. Sure. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So starting from the most recent thing, really, and working our way backwards, perhaps, I've had the concept of Legally Wise Women in my head for a fair while because as a lot of us do when we do law, we want to help people and then we get into the business model and realise you can't help everyone. There's only so many hours in a day and also it's a business. So I could see the amount of people that I wasn't able to help and then there's been a couple of reports over the last few years on access to justice and figures sort of thrown around that it's upwards of 80% of people don't get professional advice, particularly women. I think that's about 83%. And so I have been thinking a lot about what prevents people from getting advice. And it has also been like a deep dive into the psychology of that missing middle about the fear and shame and embarrassment and all those things that prevent someone from reaching out or not knowing where to start. And also because as my network has grown, I've had more and more actually really intelligent women in my network who aren't lawyers and who reach out to me when they have an issue and they're just like, I don't know where to start. And because I'm in their network, it's the only place that they have. But what about all those others who aren't in my network or don't have someone to reach? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've thought a long time about how to find or how to create a safe place for women to land and get pointed in the right direction and learn a little bit about the legal industry so that when they're actually going to hire someone, they know what to look for and they also don't then get taken down a path that they don't need to go on or just to show them a whole lot of alternatives because there are more and more and more alternatives these days and um, and I don't think Google is the best place to start. Not necessarily. Now, for the sake of people who aren't familiar with Legally Wise Women, I, I gave an introduction in the introduction, but is it fair to explain it as essentially a source of information on legal issues, a, a variety of legal topics, right, For that are relevant to women. Now give your explanation that will be far better than mine, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. It's an information hub. Yes. There is a community component to it. And yeah, it's all the sort of personal issues that a female might have that they Mm -hmm. might want to get a little bit of advice on and, and start from that platform. Yeah. So the idea is that this is the starting point for the people who are, as you say, in the missing middle, they don't access legal services for many reasons, but this is a place they can go as a starting point, the first point of call where they can learn more about the problems that they're facing and the options that are available to them. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So why did you decide to set this up as a separate brand to your law firm business? Lots of reasons. I think it's hard enough to market a general service law firm, let alone then target an education hub to women only. So it's very much mainly because of the front facing aspect of it. 
And certainly I share Legally Wise Women with my TBA law audience, but they're not a complete crossover between serving the same people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that might be what you say. So the target market is similar but slightly different, right, because one is women only, the other is more family as I understand it, personal family services. Yeah. What's Mm -hmm. the response been for you with Legally Wise Women? What what kind of feedback have you had? Mm. So still really early stages really and I've had quite a lot of interest from small organizations and non-for-profits actually who have women as someone they help and that was an audience that I hadn't even thought of you know shelters people who are supporting women through domestic violence and um, even local MP offices because they surprisingly get a lot of phone calls about where to start and I think that was really surprising. So there's a whole lot of people out there wanting to know where to start and I'm just starting to get the message out there. So very early days. Yeah, so watch this space. Yeah, there's lots lots to come. You started the conversation about this this business by saying that one of the things you said was that when you start a business, you realise that it's not easy to help everybody because you are running a business, therefore you have to bring in revenue and make money. And, you know, I get completely what you're saying with that. Does this help to bring work into your business or is that not really the goal? Is this more your outlet for helping people, as you say? It's more of an outlet, but it will have that offshoot as well. Because while my firm's not the only firm that can help, and I certainly don't want to grow my firm to the point that I help everyone that's needed because there's plenty of other places I can send people, I think that it will have a big marketing component that will work really well between both brands. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a very clever way of satisfying your need for wanting to help and provide that resource and also as a side, bringing, bringing work in, into the business, even if that's not the primary goal, like you say. Let's talk about TBA law then. We've mentioned already that you are a family or personal services, so estate planning, property, family law. Services for people is the way I often describe this, which is ridiculous because all of our services are for people, even if they're for businesses. But you probably know what I mean. <laughs> tell us about TBA law. But first, tell us what does TBA stand for in your business name? <laughs> Um, It doesn't really stand for anything. So we had to make it stand for something. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking for this on your website because I didn't know. So that's the first thing I would like to know. (laughs) (laughs) So the original practitioner who retired in 2012, when I took over the practice, his last name was Theobald, mine's Broman. So it could be Theobald, Broman and Associates, but I didn't want my name on the door. And there's a lot of firms that are sort of going to an abbreviation or a three letter name. So I thought, well, that's an easy explanation, but we've done a whole lot of work about our values and things. And so in our tagline, we now say it stands for the better approach. And we also say it stands for to be accountable, to be approachable, um, and a couple of other values there. So we've used the play on words a lot. Ah, very clever. Yes, I see what you've done there. Okay. So it stands for lots of things that represent the values that you uphold and who you are as a as a business. Very cool. Okay. So let's talk about some of those values. What are those some of the things that makes your law firm different? I think that you as a business owner, you tend to bring your own values in too. And so that's very much always been my 
approach has been to try and be as accessible as I can to talk on the level of the client, not to put myself on a pedestal, to be a member of the community and get out there and get my hands dirty side by side with everyone else and not to put my out as someone special. Yes, I can do certain things that they might not be able to do in that area, but it doesn't, you know, that I think equality and starting from a level of respecting everyone has been very important. That's also a very country thing as well. I am regional and I think country people, they do tend to tear someone down if they get too big for their boots. So I always just wanted to not put myself above anyone. Do you think that's still a challenge in the profession generally? I know exactly what you're saying, but do you still see it? Yeah, I think a lot of people hide their knowledge and information, particularly because we know that there's value in knowledge work. But I think that it's really important to share and educate people as much as possible too. I think that then if we have better educated clients, it's nicer to work for those people too. And we're coming into a content revolution really. Mm -hmm. So I don't like that old thought that we have to keep everything to ourselves and protect our industry and our services we will always have a place and we've got to add value. And is that why you've written several books? It is. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about your books. Uh, so the first one I wrote was In Case of Emergency. And it was, again, because I was looking around and looking at the people who I knew needed that sort of work done with estate planning uh, because they're so vulnerable when they have young children. and I'd come across a couple of horror stories where uh, one in particular where both parents had died leaving young children in a hit and run accident and they didn't have wills and the respective grandparents fought for about 18 months over those kids and that's certainly not what they would have wanted. So I think that a lot of legal books and, and texts out there are written by lawyers for other lawyers and there just wasn't much accessible stuff. So they're nice and skinny and I use cartoons throughout them and just try and make simple language and case studies and really just using it as an encouragement tool to, to get people to see that it's it's important. Yeah, it's about accessibility, isn't it? Like Exactly like you say, sharing this information. I also practice in estate planning and I think one of the challenges for our practice area is that it's proactive. It requires people to be actively out there thinking, I'm going to go and sort out my estate plan as opposed to something happening to them and then then responding to it. And it is a challenge because people don't like thinking about dying. And a lot of people put off making their will because who should look after my kids? So because I can't figure that part out, I'm going to ignore all the rest of it as well because it all goes in the too hard basket. But I think resources like your books are so important in not only providing that education, but hopefully also the missing link that, okay, here's the things you need to think about and hopefully also getting people over the line to encourage them to go and make a will or do what they need to do because as you say we see the other side of it as well this isn't all just come make a will because we'd like to make money this is come make a will because we see what happens when you don't and it can be horrific yes 
And I think that that's why I went into estate planning in the first place. You know, I was far more of a general practitioner before I narrowed it down. And I like the concept of prevention rather than cure. I like the concept of doing good work up front and stopping lawyers making a whole lot of money later when there's a dispute. Like that doesn't sit very well with me. I think do the job right up front and you add so much value and they'll never know how much value you've added in some ways because they haven't had to lose thousands of dollars. So, I mean, that theme sort of goes all the way through to Legally Wise Women as well then because I want things to be addressed as early as possible. I don't want people to leave things so late that it ends up litigation is the only option. I agree. So prevention rather than cure, yes. So we've spoken about sharing knowledge. We've spoken about content. We've spoken about identifying your ideal well, kind of spoken about identifying your ideal client. Maybe we didn't use those words, but that's what we were talking about when we spoke about why Legally Wise Women is separate to TBA law. Where do you do your learning to kind of get yourself to the place where you've taken this approach? Who do you kind of look to or follow? Yeah, it's a good question because I realised sort of within the first couple of years of running the firm that lawyers weren't necessarily great business owners. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I did really look outside the legal industry for coaches and for mastermind and community. And there are some really great communities out there for women in business and things like that. So yeah, I've been a member of a couple of those for a very long time and really tried to pull some of the learnings in from all sorts of places. Uh, But I, I think as well, you know, Generally, I think lawyers are lifetime learners and are curious about a whole lot of things. And so, you know, I'm always diving into some kind of online course and I've just then started noticing more about how they market the front end and how the funnel actually works to get into the course instead of just being a consumer, actually consciously taking note of how people are getting me in. Mm-hmm. I think once you start, once you open the door to the marketing world like like that and you understand marketing funnels and email nurture campaigns and how Facebook advertising works and retargeting and all of that kind of stuff. Even if you just know the concepts, you know, as opposed to understand the detail around how it works, you start to see it everywhere and realize how clever it is. And also that's a little bit scary <laughs> how clever it is. It's Facebook has been, not been my friend at the moment because it, I went and bought a new dining table and then it's been targeting ads, me with ads about dining tables, of course, because it somehow knows I went and bought a new dining table, probably because that's what my Google, Google searches have shown. But now I'm really annoyed with it because my dining table is not in stock. I have to wait eight weeks and it's showing me all these in stock dining tables oh, that I could have bought and had. So at the, for the time being, I'm really frustrated with those advertisements but they are really clever (laughs) and they you know it's those kinds of things that we can learn from when we look outside the legal industry and look at how do furniture companies market to us because it works it does it does and I think early early on before I even finished my law degree I had read a couple of those books that were out there at the time you know the rich dad poor dad and the cash flow quadrant and those sort of things so And even when I was an employee solicitor still, I actually did an accounting degree at the same time as working because I knew that I would eventually be in business. And I thought, well, you know, I'm really going to have to have that skill. And because it was a, it was majoring in accounting, it was a general business degree. So I did cover on a whole lot of other bits and pieces, which was really helpful and just sort of expansive. 
Yeah. So what I'm hearing here is that this is, you're not just thinking about the legal issues and concepts that your clients need to know and understand. You're thinking much broader about business generally. Very much so. Jackie, one of the things you said to me in preparing for this interview is that you said you think a lot about the model of a legal business and how to stay relevant for the future. What are some of the things that make up the pieces of that puzzle that, in your view? Mm. A lot of it has been my own frustration as well because I do feel like the traditional model, I almost feel like I'm wearing a straight jacket if I have to sit in it. And I haven't obviously solved the problem completely. There's lots of work to come and automation and tech has a whole lot to play in that. But also thinking more about as services start being done by non-lawyers and are done by robots, which has its place, what is the purpose of a lawyer? And I always always keep coming back to why I did what I did and how I can keep bringing that back to be able to serve in the future as well. And, you know, the humanity of being a lawyer, I think, is the thing that we can't lose. And so thinking about and looking at other models of business and how other industries have changed faster and also the disruption of other industries with you know, big tech coming in and doing a whole lot of things. It's only a matter of time before there is something huge. And I'm surprised that that hasn't come yet. So I'm just trying to be as prepared and at least ahead of it as much as I can be, if you know what I mean. And it is hard, like I'm not a futurist. I haven't really been taught how to think that way. But, you know, just trying to listen to you know, people that come on your podcast as well and people that are quite progressive and thinking ahead in other industries too. It just gives you an idea generally and I think, well, I don't want to be redundant. (laughs) Neither do I. That's definitely not a good way to end up. So it's about looking, well, again, it's looking outside of law, just paying attention to what's going on in the world, I suppose, generally, because it's probably not just limited to any services market, really, and seeing what they're doing and what we can copy from or what we can adapt and what we can use in in the profession. Yeah, it is that. But it's also, you know, if there's going to be some big tech thing come in and disrupt the whole industry, I'm probably not going to be a part of it. So how am I still going to be relevant with what I've already got and make that relevant still? And is this where the, you, the comment you mentioned was humanity? Is this where that comes in for you? Tell me more about that. What do, you, what do you mean by that? I'm often dissatisfied generally about the results that people get in the legal system. And I think that it does remove a lot of our humanity. I think I don't see a lot of my values reflected in the legal systems. And that doesn't sit well. And I know that you've had quite a few people on that have done further education in other conflict resolution processes. And I've done the same collaborative practice and mediation training. And I think that there's a lot to be said for teaching people conflict skills and being part of a team that helps families learn how to resolve conflict and not to tear families apart. I think, again, thinking about why people do their estate planning, it's not just about their kids and their assets. It's about legacy too. And the legacy that 
we often see when someone passes away is a family torn apart and it doesn't sit well either. So I just constantly think about how this can be done better and where's my part to play in being able to help do things better. With all that in mind, what comes next for you with TBA Law or Legally Wise Women? I know you've got lots of plans because you hinted at this with me before we started to record. So I feel like we've got a good insight into I guess, why you do your business, operate your businesses in in the way you do. And I'd like to know what what comes next. You don't have to tell us all the details. Yeah, no, (laughs) I mean, I've got, I've got a nice big vision. The how is always the tricky thing, isn't it? The steps to getting there. But we've already touched on how Legally Wise and TBA Law will work together. And I'm still fairly heavily in TBA as well. And um, so there's the constant reiterating of trying to get more and more efficiency out of the processes and the workflows. So I've still got a lot of work in the business to get myself out of the doing. So that's really what the short term focus is over the next 12 months or so. And then hopefully after that, I'm sort of more just marketing, educating, conflict resolution and not so much in the processes and the day-to-day doing. Mm-hmm. And do you see those workflows and processes as a really big part of helping you to step out from the service delivery, essentially? Absolutely key. Yeah, yeah absolutely sure. key. Because you can hire people who are intelligent and who have similar values to you, but they'll still never... Lawyers always want to recreate the wheel because they think that they can or they think they can bring something special to it. But if the processes are in place and those are applied to every file, there's not much wiggle room to to have them reinventing the wheel every file. This is tried and true. Let's just stick to it. And um, it's much more efficient. Mm. It's much, much more efficient. I find, though, that there are certain types of people who really thrive in that environment where you give them a process and their job is to apply it to a scenario. And often those people then struggle when you give them another scenario that doesn't have a predefined process or a workflow involved and they think, oh, my, I don't know how to handle this now because I'm used to following a process. And I think there's there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, and I actually think we need both types of people in our businesses to, because they both bring different skill sets. Um, but I'm with you, as you would probably already know, on the workflow and process. I think they are absolutely essential. And especially for you to be spending so much time thinking about the future of the business and working out, you know, what's our marketing strategy and what content and writing for books and, being involved in the bigger picture future direction, you need to be able to get yourself out of the doing to use your words. It's really, you know, we can't do everything all at once. Absolutely right. I don't know how I'm cramming 30 days into 20, uh, 30 hours into 24 hours at the moment anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, somehow you're managing, you're doing it just fine. Um, all right, Jackie, you know this. So the last the question I like to finish on is what advice would you give to someone who wants to do law differently? Um, As you've probably heard throughout, I'm quite a deep thinker. I think that you need to really know yourself, know your values and think about it because there's a whole lot of people out there telling you how you should do things, but um, you need to know who you are yourself first before you start going, well, actually, I don't have to do things that way. Mm -hmm. I can do things the way that suits me. Mm -hmm. I really like that advice. And as you know, step one of my 
book and my productize and profit model is vision and that's exactly the point that you make is well let's start by working out what you're good at and what you enjoy and what are your values and how do you want to live your life and run your business because it's so easy to get caught up in what other people are doing or what we think we should be doing or what traditional law tells us we should do Um, and it is quite hard when you're starting to reshape things to step out of that and say actually I have a blank slate I can choose what I want to do. So then just to add to your advice, what helps with that? What have you found helpful to encourage you to really stick with your own values and beliefs? Uh, Making mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yep. Get it wrong. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's right. But also coaching as well, having someone to bounce things off because when you're by yourself running a business and you're in the stress of the moment, your values might go out the window a bit because you're stressed and you just make a snap decision, but it doesn't stick with your values. So you need someone that will constantly put the mirror up to you. For sure. Absolutely agree with that. Well, thank you, Jackie. I've really, really enjoyed this chat. I've loved learning about your approach. And I can see, as you just said right before, how much deep thought you have put into these things. And obviously it's ongoing. This isn't a one-time thing. Here's my business and now it's done. This is a constant evolution and I'm looking forward to seeing what you have next. Yeah, only just beginning. Thank you, Lucy. (laughs) Thank you. That's all for today's episode of the Doing Law Differently podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to do law differently and you're looking for some guidance and inspiration to help you along the way, then get your hands on my book. It's time to do law differently, how to reshape your firm and regain your life. You can get it on my website, lucydickens.com.au forward slash book or on Amazon or Booktopia where you'll also find the ebook versions too. Don't forget to leave a rating and review if you enjoy the podcast and be sure to tell your friends and let other people know too. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.